0: Hi, I'm Willa Paskin of Decodering, and I'm this week's guest on Metapod.
1: You're listening to Metapod, where we unpack the web's most interesting podcasts and the stories behind them, hosted by Wendy Morrill and Kevin May.
2: Greetings everyone, I'm Kevin May, one of your co-hosts on Metapod.
1: And hi, I'm Wendy Morrill, the other half of the hosting equation here on Metapod. Welcome.
2: Now Wendy, in the spirit of our guest this week, I thought we'd do party at the front and business at the back.
1: (laughs) Oh really? Wait, business at the back? (laughs) I I guess you were rather taken with that saying when we talked to Willow, weren't you? Even though there are many great ways to refer to a mullet in casual conversation, Kev.
2: Indeed I was, although now I'm slightly embarrassed that business at the front, party at the back had not entered my vernacular prior to now.
1: Well, it's not too late to make up for lost time, Kev. Uh, Please go ahead and uh, make use of it as often as you like on our Metapod introductions from here on in.
2: You're too kind, too kind as always. By anyway, Let's talk about Willa Paskin. She's the host of the extremely popular culture and history podcast called Decodering. Ring.
1: She is. It's a superb podcast exploring the roots of everything from The Karen and Simpson to Jane Fonda's Workout and why Judy Garland is so popular in the gay community.
2: Seriously, Cracking Cultural Mysteries is about as perfect a description for decodering as you can
1: get. So stand by as we discuss all of that and more with our guest this week, Willa Paskin. Kev, you may start the tape. Hi Willa and welcome to Hi. Metapod. <laughs> Thanks for having me. You are the presenter of Decoder Ring, which is a slate podcast, and Kevin and I are big fans of it. Thank you. We're glad you're here on Metapod, and I thought we could start off by asking you about the name Decoder Ring.
0: Oh sure. There's not a good <laughs> there's not a good story for this. We basically knew what the show was going to be, and we were trying to come up with a name. And it was a struggle Ben Frisch, who's the producer and I sort of like both liked curio at the beginning, but the editor slate was like eh, really not into it. Um, mm-hmm. thought it just like made it seem trivial. I think we talked about some other things with some we were trying to like push pins and string, you know like those walls of crazy they have and like. Mm-hmm. Um, like but it was just seemed like i don't know if that would was evocative so then we landed on Decoder Ring, which like the sort of the show has this kind of kitsch aesthetic and like theme song that it's not i'm not ben is into that stuff i'm not sure like i would have just landed there but i also didn't have a better
1: okay. have a
0: better thought
1: <laughs> so that's what it's called now. yeah so so is the name um really connected to the the theme and the mood that I certainly feel in the music that's been chosen throughout. Well, certainly the theme
0: song is very connected to this sort of like, and Mm -hmm. and also, I mean, what also happened is some of it's sort of coincidental to what our first episode was. Our first episode ever was just about like what happened to the laugh track, Mm -hmm. which is obviously sort of very connected to like these fifties and sixties sort of motifs, which is what the theme song sounds like. Um, And that was not like that was, we did that backwards in the sense of like we matched that to that episode. And then, I don't think when we created it, when we were like, oh, definitely, that's what's going to be the theme song okay. forever. But then it was sort of like, oh, I guess this will work. And now it sort of is. I mean, yeah, you know, it's it's definitely like a mood, but um, we decided we would use it very quickly. But um, I think if the first episode had been thematically different, it might have sounded different.
1: I, yeah, I was curious, because I think some of your episodes really start to take off at the point in the story, which is maybe post-war and this sort of realization in American culture that children and teenagers are a new market to make money from. I mean, so, the
0: craziest it, thing about the show is like, I had no idea I was doing a history show, which I obviously <laughs> am. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But like, that was not, that was like, not at all. I didn't even realize that it was, I was doing until like halfway through, you know, like many, many episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is not, I mean, that's just it's almost like if you're trying to answer why or where something comes from, like inevitably you have to go into the history. And so that's where it turns into a history show. Mm-hmm. But I think it just so obvious it's like so much that that it seems like I must have known that that's what we were doing. And it it really started more like, I want to do a show about like cultural mysteries and questions. And and then it just turns out that they have this big historical piece now. Um, and to the point that obviously some and some of them are fully historical mysteries, like there's things that happened in the past. Um, but a lot of certainly at the beginning and still like a lot of them come out of something that's happening now and then it just turns out all the explaining like the Karen or something like that
1: Um, right yeah there are these episodes that start now and then there are others that are maybe bygone phenomena right like Bart
0: Simpson or like the Cabbage Patch Kids or um Mm. yeah like they are Byron like things that literally happened in the past
1: The execution. um, I mean, I think you have a certain style. And what is that style? Can you describe it?
0: You know, I have this background where I'm a TV critic, or I was a critic. And so I think that the shows are making arguments about ideas having to do with the topics that maybe is not totally common in this kind of thing or there's like we try to have a lot of ideas in with like all the information and and I mean this is the way that all historical or all like presenting you information works It's like it is actually making an argument sometimes you just can't tell because it just seems like well that's what the information is you know like you don't realize like the narrator has packaged it for you, kind of. Um, and that's what we're doing, right? So I think that there's, a, I think that kind of because of my background doing that, that's sort of, there's maybe like a little more of that than there might be um, in a show that was just like, we're going to tell you what happened. I mean, they've, those shows would also do that too, but I just don't know what would be quite so knowing.
2: I think it'd be interesting to get into some of the actual subjects that you've covered. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, I've listened to maybe about seven or eight Yeah. in preparation for this. You know, I don't like flattering people particularly, but I do think it's one of the I best. I hate
0: being uh, flattered, so don't. Well, I'll him. definitely,
2: I'll definitely say it then, and we'll do flashing lights. Great, first, great, great. Um,
0: we can um, both be uncomfortable. You know, I, I, really I will good. say,
2: I think it's one of the best kind of cultural uh, history stroke type of that genre ones that I've listened to, just because way the way you present it too, because the topics are just terrific. You know, as a Brit. <laughs> um, the subject of the Karen one let's go straight in with the Karen one I just thought yeah. it was fascinating because it's not a name that we are recognizing yet yeah. unfortunately or fortunately depending on your point of view we have imported a lot of cultural things from the U.S. over the years but we haven't quite got to the Karen, And I wondered just listening to that. And if you can give us your kind of perspective on it a little bit, it's a really new one.
0: Yeah, I'm... it is a new one. It is a
2: new one. Just... Name has changed. The identity of that kind of person goes back decades, but the name that's been yes. given to them has changed until quite recently. Right. Is so... there a danger that you're kind of focusing on something that's very near and might be out of date by the time we get to the end of this year? Or does that not bother you?
0: That doesn't bother. There's so I'm gonna say like four things now. The first is it not directly related, which is we have people that aren't American that listen and it's really interesting because I think there's things that really resonate and then there's things that there's their own national like information that would be interesting to explore about it. Like when we did this ice cream trucks one. England has a the UK and Margaret Thatcher has this whole thing with like Mr. Safi that like we just didn't like include but would have been obviously germane and then the mullet one you know there's definitely like an Australian history with the mullet that like it just very and then there's occasionally someone will send me like a delicious mystery that I know nothing about but because it's like it's like very it's another countries and I don't have enough like context to even start but I'm like someone should do this I just I can't do it so that that is interesting I'm doing one about water right now and uh, about hydration and like Dasani tanked in the UK and like that's really interesting because it's still you know it'll just play differently because you know so that's that's its own thing um for something like the Karen no you know I the thing about a podcast is right like it comes out it has like a time and then it sits in our feed and sort of it's amazing because people come back and actually like when they find the show then they have like 30 episodes they can listen to and that's really great and I'm not actually like I think I think because the Karen one has so much history in it and because in America certainly the Karen's not really going anywhere I feel like it's, I'm not, that one seems like it's going to, I'm not, I'm not concerned about it not being germane. It it was different in the sense that it was like timely in a way that a lot of our topics are sort of like evergreen or maybe they have, maybe they're in, like we did one about Baby Shark. It's not like the song Baby Shark, like song Baby Shark was like, it was of the moment-ish, you know, (laughs) it certainly was more of the moment then than it will be in two years but it wasn't quite as like on the cusp. But you know, the virtue of doing something that is like timely is that I think the Karens are most listened to episode, you know? Um, I think people, it was like timely and people were very like wanted to understand what was going on um, with that word and its history. And like, and so that that seemed like, I think was something we should do more of basically if we could, you know, if we were sort of in, which right now, for example, like we're not quite in a position to be that scry. Um, and I wish we could be more spry
2: sometimes. Yeah, I was trying to um, put a British context to it, and the only names that I could think of, which doesn't quite match, is the name Sharon, yeah. uh, which was a name in the 80s that was given to um, or Essex girls, as they were called here, um, slightly white, trashy. I think would be the term that perhaps you might use. And but they didn't have that kind of an a slightly edgy racist part to it so it would be unfair to kind of compare yeah. both sharon the other the other one the only other one that i could think of and this is the one that one my wife pointed out was the name kevin itself which was a, annoyingly a figure of ridicule in the 80s which i'm still suffering the scars <laughs> the scars from from now but it, it is interesting that that one that particular name has taken off so much I mean what kind of feedback did you get as a result of that episode
1: it was like
0: good I mean we we were obviously um very careful with that episode I don't mean like we were more thoughtful that like anything that you do on the internet now potentially you could do wrong and someone would be upset with you about it or a lot of people and it just was very clear in doing an episode about the Karen the chances of that happening were higher say than doing it about the mullet um and so we were you know, we had more people listen to it and were more thoughtful about that. But I was but I was so I was I was sort of expecting it to make, you know, to maybe go pear shaped, you know, in the way. But it was it seems like people were it seemed it went over. It was good. I mean, well, I think we did. Well, I mean, we took it really seriously. I think we did a good job, but we didn't. It was not. Um, it was surprisingly it wasn't really any more feedback than about anything else that we get, but people really listened to it because they yeah, were interested, and that it's, was. It's
2: cur- it's, I'm curious, I'm curious. I'm a journalist myself, and we go through this every day. You wonder how it's going to go down. I, I don't want to labor the point. I'm curious as to why you were worried about it, given the well, it it's just the, like it I'm a white person right
0: talking about like it's about race, you know. So right. it's like, I mean, in the sense that the Karen is a white woman, it's like very like um, there's topics that feels like it's not my place as a white person to like be an authority on or make myself an authority on or center myself. But it's like the Karen sort of actually, and we thought about that a lot. But the Karen being a white woman actually ends up being sort of um, an OK, it sort of was like an OK thing to explicate, you know, in that yeah, way. Yeah. And we were like very sure to almost everyone in that episode who isn't me is a person of color, which we were really thoughtful about um, wanting to do, mm-hmm. uh, except for the lead person who is a white woman named Karen. <laughs> um, you know, so, yeah, I mean, we just I think it was a really it was it was a really interesting topic. And it, like a lot of the times when I go into a subject, I have an idea about it. And I need that. I I want that idea to be like a rich, juicy idea. But then usually there's other ideas or that doesn't turn out to be an idea. But there sort of has to be that one. And I was very early on, like before we did it, I was I was really thinking about this idea of like, which comes up in the end of the episode, this idea about sort of the name Shaniqua or Shanene, like sort of where there's history in America, certainly of like uh, really horrible racist behavior directed at women and black men with, quote, black names, which is all these studies of like, incredible institutional racism based on, quote, Black names. And I was just like, how, you know, people are upset about Karens, but, like, this is nothing... Like, people who are named Karen are upset, but, like, there's, you know, decades and decades of, like, horrific racism directed at people who have, quote, Black names. And I I just, like, that reverse seemed to me, like... I was like, there's an episode here. And then there turned out to be so much more than that, you know?
2: Funnily enough, it was the first episode I listened to. Yeah, I, I think a lot thought, of people I, got to the I just thought, way, wow, this is really terrific. And then I went to the Bart Simpson one, which you couldn't get more.
0: <laughs> you could get more different because the Bart Simpson one weirdly is also about politics. That would like, just like that ends at like the RN, like the Republican National Convention in a funny, like not all our episodes have anything to do with anything serious. And Bart Simpson yeah. weirdly also did, but is different on it.
1: What sort of requests do you receive from your audience
0: very hard and in a way that is not helpful and like <laughs> we should be it should be easier to be like this is what an episode is give us your ideas So sometimes we get great ideas and they're like just you know gender reveal for example like I think we had talked about it we got a bunch of emails being like explain that to me and we were like yeah we should do that And that one was hard too in the sense that that's also about that thing pretty dark and <laughs> serious, even though you can sort of, it seems sort of funny. Um, uh, and we got a lot, like the mullet one, that so was like the best pitch we got because someone pitched it to us with like this incredible backstory. And we're like, that's an episode. And then we found more was we were searching through it. But that like, the pitch almost came to us with the whole story, which is really incredible. But I think the thing is that's hard to understand for everybody who just listens to the show, but almost for us, is it's like, there's almost two kinds of episodes. There's ones where um, it starts with a question like, I'm curious about decorative pillows or I'm curious about water bottles or like, you know, some of those are really question. Why are mm-hmm. there so many decorative pillows on people's beds? You know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Or like, I see someone's good tweet, like what did happen to Byron when he got canceled? Or like, it is crazy that Bart Simpson was like a controversial figure. Like he even, you know, um, and then we like excavate and make and find the narrative of the history. But there's mm-hmm. also a version where it's just like a good story. Um, and those I think can be really awesome to listen to <laughs> and are necessary sort of to it working. And that is a thing that I, I think people pitch us almost always like topic and some, you know, you can't, it has to have like the topic can have, the topic itself can be the arc, but it does have to have a story arc. So it's like, really, I would, I wish we did more just like almost like just features, you know, like a it has like a protagonist and like it has a story and we like sort of tricked it out with additional information, but those are hard to find. And I mean like a sort of like maybe the platonic ideal of like the mix of those two is probably the Chuck E. Cheese episode because Ben, the producer, it starts with this guy, Jared, who um, is probably in his, my age. I think he's in his, so he's just about to be 40 or his late thirties. And he as a kid became obsessed with a Chuck E. Cheese puppet called the King. And he now still has like rescued all these you know um decommissioned animatronic ancient technology puppets and has a band with them and he the, had sort of the been big profiled. ones yeah, they're really big they're like tall yeah, yeah they're like eight feet tall ten feet tall well his is called the king it was an elvis lion they look cool. you should anyway and um i and did ben have a, had a listening- pizza
1: party at papa gino's once and they had <laughs> that they had those two but they weren't as good as the one that it? cheese. <laughs> <laughs> Totally. Anyway, so, I am 10 years older. So.
0: <laughs> I had never been to a Chuck E. Cheese before I did this episode ever because I'm from <laughs> New York City. We didn't really like have Chuck E. Cheese. I think it's right. more of a suburban thing. But Ben, who listens to this other, had heard this thing about animatronics, had gotten sort of interested, had found this guy, Jared. And so we were starting to do that. And then I was like, oh, there's this whole like pizza war, which is famous, like the Chuck E. Cheese and showbiz pizza in America, like these two animatronic pizza party chains, like duked it out in the 80s. So then I was like, I got the guy, like I approached all the sort of like this guy, Aaron Fector, who sort of has created these animatronics for Showbiz Pizza. This guy, Nolan Bushnell, who sort of also created Atari and created Chuck E. Cheese. So like it was basically like so we so Ben had found sort of like this character and then we found then I was like, oh, there's all this history. and We found these other characters. And so it sort of like had both things. Um, And I think that's part of the reason that that episode is sort of so satisfying. It's like a crazy story, but there's all this human element. Um, And yeah, and so those things are like both key and they don't always both happen <laughs> but like that you know I wish people like pitched us just like I have a crazy story That's what's it, the
1: like, weirdest request you've had to be decoded? oh I,
0: I couldn't remember like people people have really good ideas you know it just sometimes there's not was like the problem is like people have really good ideas and you get it and sometimes you just you start to push on it I don't know how to, it's almost like it's like literally like if you, you get a topic and you start to look at it and you're like oh this is gonna like there's like, it's hollow under here. If I push, it's going to pop up like a spring door and there's going to be a whole like mm-hmm. passageway. And then a lot of times you start to push and it doesn't feel that way, right? Like it's like, oh, this is like too straightforward or something. Like someone had someone, one at sort of around the election, someone was like a number of people were like, can you explain the red blue thing? Like why did we in America become so obsessed with this idea about red blue states? And it's a good question except it has a very straightforward answer, which is basically it's the 2000 election when the Gore v. Bush. So like everyone was literally watching Red versus Blue for like 10, you know, for months because they were as they were trying to figure out the stuff in Florida. So it was like, that's a really good question, but it's too simple. There isn't, there's no push.
1: Anything too taboo that you wouldn't consider?
0: No, there's things that I have turned, that we've started to do that we haven't done because I found them to be sort of like dark. And I think we could probably stand to do sort of more serious and more like plaintive things sometimes, but dark, it's just not like we had sort of, We had sort of been investigating doing something about, like, Woodstock 2, which is the one where it sort of turned into this, like, horrible fiasco, and there was a ton of, like, rape and sexual harassment, and it was really awful, and also sort of had been looking into, like, Winona Ryder, the shoplifting scandal, and both of those things sort of seemed like they might be right for us, and then they just seemed pretty sad.
1: Do you think time will change that? With those two, I don't know that they will, you know, Uh, are there topics where you think, well, this needs to wait for a little bit? Or
0: no, I mean, we have topics where like we have to wait because it seems like the person will participate maybe eventually, and oh, okay. that would be good. But it hasn't, I haven't had a topic where I'm like, oh, we could get to this in six months or in two years because it's too um, fraught now. It just seemed like, like, I think of the show as sort of even when it's about something serious, like pretty entertaining, and mm-hmm. there's a kind of like ickiness like a, just a horrible hu- like there, it's you know the thing about the gender reveal party and karen is like it gets into horrible human stuff you know but there's something <laughs> about specific ickiness it's just like it i don't know how to it just seems not quite right in Also, general- maybe it was just like the fake maybe it's just a fake out of like with the karen and even the gender real you kind of know there's ickiness there like that's part of what's interesting about it certainly so, like, the karen like the ickiness is on its face But with something like Woodstock or Winona Ryder, you're like, oh, this is going to be fun. And then you're like, it's not going to be fun. And it's not going to there's not going to be fun at the end. Like there's no like it's not going to be fun story. And you think maybe it's going to be. And so it doesn't it's not going to work for us, you know.
1: So you think people generally like to listen to that human ickiness that's more entertaining than dark?
0: I think people, you know, there's tons of podcasts that are really serious and there's tons of podcasts that are plaintive and thoughtful and that do a lot of different things. I think my default is to sort of not be that, like to be serious about not serious things. Um, which may be a flaw, like maybe I should just be like, maybe that's, I don't know what, maybe that's, some you know, who knows what that's about. But, um, <laughs> but that also, like, sort of now we have the show and kind of what you, you know, you don't, it's like, I feel like we can make people cry in a like, where you're like, that was heartfelt way, but I don't want to like make people disturbed. Like, that's really like, they kind of know what they're coming for. And that mm-hmm. maybe isn't it, you know,
2: So here's a fine line there in that you don't want to make people feel disturbed. And uh, we can talk about that in a second. But my question was that I was thinking about is after the clown episode, yeah, which again, I thought was terrific. Me and my wife and my two kids spent their following dinner talking about the episode and the origin of the clown, because my son thinks the idea of it is wonderful my daughter thinks it's terrifying and we were saying oh i've just listened to this terrific episode of this podcast and talked to them through what you know started off as like a court jester and all that kind of stuff and where it is now and i the reason i'm asking this is that what do you consider to be a successful episode other than what Slate wants in terms of downloads and all those kind of things, is it the fact that it potentially ignites a dinner table conversation?
0: I, I should also say like I am happy to disturb people just like in a certain way. <laughs> do you know what I right. mean so- like I want you to be along for the ride. So, like, definitely, like, I I can, I would be happy to, like, make you question your priors about anything, but I don't want you, yeah, I just think it's not a show where you're supposed to be like, uh, you know, like, really deeply icked out, like, and that's not to say there's icky, I I think there's a way to approach really, like, icky subjects that aren't that, so I'm not saying, like, I'm happy, I want the show to maybe make you think. Yeah,
2: the, the point about the clown thing is it wasn't icky, but it was still disturbing. (laughs) it's an interesting balance that's what i mean right
0: um you know i think what do i think about the episode no i just like i want to think they're good and that like and to be proud of them you know and i think almost all of them i basically am i mean i don't know that they're all as successful as like they could be and i certainly when i listen back to a lot of them i'm like oof i'm talking too much or like oof i would cut out a bunch of this stuff or like oof i was really in my own head and like i thought that this needed like a paragraph of explanation here and ooh, it didn't and like you know i think we've sort of i think there's less I think we sort of eased up on like showing my thinking as it's gone on a little bit in a way that's helpful. But no, I like can, I, so I, I'm the on that also-
2: sorry, sorry, Willow. On that point, then would you say then that there's been more editorializing in the earlier episodes, and now you're a little bit more kind of um, just telling it how it is.
0: Know, I would have to listen. You know, it's been a long time since I listened to some of them, and I actually think like the laugh track one is pretty good in terms of yeah. like actually having a lot of like in a way that also is because we had more time. It actually has like um the the structure like the idea structure of that episode is like pretty aspirational to me for future ones. Like there's like a long enough time and iteration to do it to be like oh these are, these are like the actual ideas I'm talking about, and I can set them up properly. Where like I think if you if I had more time with some of the later ones, maybe that would have emerged, and then I. I could have, but it actually just takes a lot of work because it's like, it wasn't it wasn't clear to me not, like from the start that that was like the structure that episode should have, for example. I mean, there probably should be less even still. Like, I think a lot of it is like, I think some of it is self-evident, you know? And I can just like ease up a bit. Some of it's not, you know? And I, I don't think, like, I think the way that I am thinking about things is important to like the DNA of the show, but that doesn't have, you don't have to go so far, right? Like a lot of it, I just think a lot of it is like, a lot of how I'm thinking about something is literally in like is it is is clear to me now is literally in how I'm sort of presenting information, which won't wouldn't would be less clear to the listener, right? Because the listener would just be like, this is just the order of things and this is just what it means. But actually a lot of that is work. But it's not me talking.
2: Right. And you said um, just before that other question, you were saying you listen back and you go, oof, I could have done this and oof, I could have done that. What <laughs> were some of the the oof moments then? Well, I just had gone back. Share?
0: I had just gone back and listened to the sad gen one. I don't remember why. Why was I doing that? Because we were working on something else that was r- related. Let me just, I was working on something that I was like, I think the structure of the sad gen is... Episode. So the, I did this episode about Jennifer Aniston that's actually really an episode about tabloid culture in America and the rise of Us Weekly um, and its relationship to Jennifer Aniston. And I listened back to it because we were doing an episode about something that I thought the structure was similar. And when I listened back to it, I just was like, oh, there's a very good episode in here. And I wish I have another pass of it, you know, um, just like too much of me talking a lot of like things. It's like where I'm like, you know, like obviously or like to lay my cards on when it's like just very clear that I don't need to say that or the reader, the, the listener would think it's just it's like a, it's not a real thing. Yeah. Should have it
1: could have been slicker. <laughs> so most of your episodes feature some experts on your subjects. Yeah, and there doesn't seem to be a whole lot of, um, well, a lot of divergent opinions. Like, there is no heated debate, or not in the episodes I've listened to, anyway. Is that a choice that, or maybe it's happening in all the? interviews that you're no. having and they just I don't mean, get included or
0: well I think the truth is that so I'm coming to this as like almost all these topics I don't know anything about them right mm-hmm. so insofar as I would argue with an academic about their field of study <laughs> you have to be like pretty deep into the thing to be like this nit you know what I mean so I'm just like not I'm often not like deep enough to be like I know this is a contentious point, and also like I don't know that it. I think in most instances, not necessarily like germane. It's like a little inside baseball. I mean, that perhaps like the most. It's like I'm not. I never fight with people when I'm talking to them. I mean, sometimes you do push back a little bit. You know, in the hotel, we did this episode about hotel art, and we did have an art historian who hates hotel art, and we gave him a lot of chance to talk about how much he hates hotel art, and that's So we used him that way because like I just felt like that was a thing where it's like people really do have strong feelings about hotel art and whether or not it's art and I don't um you know and like with something like the gender reveal episode for example like we definitely could have found more people who really love a gender reveal party but then it becomes am I gonna I don't love a gender reveal party so that I'm having this person on not like I'm not I'm not both sides of it so like then I'm just gonna okay, crap yeah. on them so that feels like a little it's like if I'm gonna like anyone that I speak to I want to like I want them to listen to it and be like I was represented accurately and mm-hmm. that person didn't trick me so you know like we just I'm just doing this episode, which I don't want to get into too much because it's not coming out until June, but about hydration, for example. And it's about the rise of a bunch of things, but there's a segment that's about sort of the rise of bottled water. And I, in the reporting, I was, oh, I would love to speak to some people who were at like Nestle and Dasani and Aquafina in the 90s. And I approached a couple people and they were going to talk to me and then they backed out. And I realized I was happy about that because I actually think the rise of bottled water is like a pretty nefarious force in like the world and if I had spoken to them I it, it's almost like I don't know what would have happened because they would have told me some version of their story that I would have been empathetic to and sympathetic to and then presented it that way probably I mean I think while still being critical of bottled water but now I just got to be super critical of bottled water because I hadn't talked to anybody who I was like selling out by being like not selling out but just like being feeling like I've been dis- like lied to misrepresented to them the argument about the episode you know it's like now I could just say what I want about bottled water because I don't have anyone who's like life's work was making bottled water
1: how um, much opinion or interpretation do you include from regular people? I mean, like your you family mean? or friends. Um, in an episode, do you consult regular people who aren't necessarily expert yeah. on a topic?
0: Uh, not, no. I think, like, this is when I said I do a lot of, and I over-interview. I end up having, like, a lot of conversations with people who are <laughs> sort of expert but are not, but are expert maybe in the way that I am. So, like, a lot of other, you know, I did a piece about movies and I talked to too many critics. And then I ended up, like, sort of only using the cinematographers, kind of, you know, or the historians, because it's actually like the critics can sort of do what I do. And it was helpful to think about it from all these different angles, but it wasn't actually helpful mm-hmm. progressing the story. But then, yeah, also, like, of course, like we talk, you know, I talk to my family, I talk to Ben talks to his friends, like we talk to people we work with. So, you know, and also like all the episodes, I don't I mean it's almost like a cliche, but almost all of them open with a regular person at this point who like has some connection <laughs> to this topic. Like the, the cold opens tend to be like random woman or man.
1: I think my favorite regular Royal person men. is yeah. the guy who you ask to slip into his clown persona. <laughs> yeah, I love that. i <laughs> like to talk to whatever his name is. That's and there's this just giant guy, clearing of his of his body of his throat.
0: <laughs> yeah, I loved that guy so much. I mean, that also happens sometimes when you're just like talking to people and it just turns so fun, you know. <laughs> was like, this is great. Like, I love you. And like, that's just like, you know, you have something to talk about. And so it's, it's really just, he was, he was really delightful, that guy. That <laughs> was a long time ago, but yeah.
2: And um, you mentioned in a, an answer just a moment ago about differences of opinion uh, that Wendy asked. And I'm curious, have you started out on the journey for a particular episode with your premise? Maybe not the question. And the narrative has had to change because of the answers that you've got back from your experts?
0: Well, I would say I'll I'll look I'm gonna look at my actual all the episodes, but I would say one of the things about the show is it's very like I don't know what it's gonna be. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like I really do start, like, I start with a topic and it, it is exploratory, genuinely. I don't think I know what the episode is until I've talked to all those people. So yeah. in that way, it's not, it doesn't feel like changing my mind. I literally don't know what it's going to be until I've done it. You know, it's not like, I mean, a sort of maybe sometimes towards the end, it's like, oh, I need this person to plug in here to say this thing. I mean, that almost never, ever happened. It's, it's almost always, I spoke to all these people and then I, took from that information, what they said, like, this is the episode. So, um, so right. So it doesn't feel like it doesn't. So the answer is basically, it doesn't, it hasn't happened very often. Cause it's like, it's not the one comes after the other, not the other way around. But yeah, almost every time I do an episode, I end up more interested and sympathetic to everyone involved than I thought I was going to be maybe. <laughs> oh, you know, this is like, sorry, just give something. So like the Jane Fonda episodes is like a perfect example of like, I had been interested in Jane Fonda. I'd been interested in the Jane Fonda workout. We decided to do an episode about it. The idea that I was thought that was enough, like, as I said, I usually have to have like, I usually want to have like one sort of big idea, which maybe ends up being a small idea or something, which was like, Oh, it turns out that Jane Fonda, the whole history of Jane Fonda is like, she was villainized. Because of her stance on Vietnam. And actually, which she was, but it turns out basically she's really villainized because of how that was like recontextualized in the nine eighties and in the 80s of the Reagan era. Americans misremember how we hated Jane Fonda. And you can actually see that because she was hugely famous in the beginning of the 80s because of the Jane Fonda workout, right? So it's like, how was it was like, how is Vietnam, uh, how is like Hanoi Jane in everyone's living room? Like something about that doesn't make sense. So I started reporting that episode and we got to speak with Jane Fonda, who was totally interested in this other thing having to do with this woman, Lenny Kasdan, who had sort of created the workout with her. And I had actually approached Lenny because I had about speaking with her just sort of in the way of like, I'm going to do a history of the Jane Fonda workout. And I obviously want to talk to everyone who made it. So then we got on the phone with both of them and they just turned out to have all this like water under their bridge and saw this stuff. And so I was, we did the interview and I was like, I don't know if this is going to work. And I was literally trying to make it one episode. And I was like, this isn't going to fit in one episode. I think mm-hmm. this is two episodes. Like, but it was a really close thing It might I almost could have been like I'm just gonna shove it all like, and that's like I just didn't know it was there so like that does happen mm-hmm. but that's not like that's me changing I mean just like it's not even changing my mind it's like I literally didn't know what I had until I talked to them and I never would have if I had if that interview hadn't happened you know and I would have done an episode about the Jane Founder workout which would have been the second episode of that
2: it, it, again good episode so <laughs> uh, as we kind of get to the to, to the end it might be the same answer for these both of these questions really but I came into decodering as I said earlier, listening to the Karen story. Yeah. If you were to recommend to our listeners that haven't listened, which should be their debut episode? Which one should it be?
0: I think the Karen is really good. I think yeah. the Jane Fonda okay. workout part one is like is maybe my favorite. I really like that one. Um, yeah, that was mu- my next.
2: That was my next question: Is do you have a personal favorite? Yeah, that, that is my
0: current there. personal favorite. I think <laughs> the mystery of the mullet one is is really fun. Um, yeah. People really like the Chuck E. Cheese one. Oh, you know another one that I listened to that I was like, this is all here, but oof, I wish I had another half-ass so of this is truck That. That one has like tons, of, like it's all there. It just like needed, I can make that thing sing now. It's, but I mean, it's still interesting, but like I, I can really make that one a lot better. Okay. The John Locke, it's, both the first two episodes are like, they're, I think they're about really interesting things, <laughs> um, which is one is about, the laugh track and um i think we did a good job with it and one is just about fandom conspiracy called the john Locke conspiracy which yep. remains in is like more relevant every day um because as every internet community just starts to behave like um as fan communities i mean they're all our fan communities maybe um so that one i think is really good too
1: Are there any episodes where you continue or update? I mean, in the laugh track episode, I really like this point where you you start to discuss social media and how that's a conversation happening in another place about maybe a TV or program Mm -hmm. that you're watching. Yet it doesn't it doesn't go too far really. It's sort of a comment you make. Would you continue a piece that sort of comes out of an episode into another episode or an, an update? Yes. Appendix um, totally. Which, I
0: think there's like a version of the show or like a version of like a like a mini a mini arc where we almost do that intentionally, like mm-hmm. where we would be like, This is the big story, and then like pull four episodes out of it, like by just sort of like okay. Almost like rabbit holing. Or like we did this one about um unicorn poop. It's called unicorn poop. It's really about about how poop got cute in kids' toys, um, which is it's it's actually like it's really a trend and it's very it's interesting to me i have two small kids and that one, like it, ju- it like tarvis talks about like how toy cult- it gets into sort of how toys are designed and made now and that like touched on like unboxing videos it touched on like a bunch of like incredible youtube trends that all could have been episodes themselves i don't mm-hmm. know that the virtue of like having done this one i'm not sure what the virtues of doing those necessarily would have been the only episode we've done that I'm like, oh, we should do this again because we didn't get the story is the Cabbage Patch Kids one, which is that sort of soon after, like we didn't talk to the main guy and we're never, who sort of invented them and we're not going to be able to speak with him, I don't think. But there had been someone who was sort of in charge of originally licensing them who I had approached a couple times, but his wife had died recently and he sort of didn't get the emails. And I spoke with him after is the only one where I felt like we hadn't properly flooded the zone on reporting. And so there was actually stuff that was like missing in the version of the story. And I would hope to do a follow up or like an um, you know either a second episode or like mm-hmm. an extra 10 minutes um about that
2: yeah it's interesting i was listening to the the simpsons episode yeah and was getting through it and getting through it and as we were getting towards the end i was wondering i wonder if this was made before the arpu <laughs> kind of scandal blew up and then you mentioned it at the end I was like, <laughs> okay One of my questions is not going to be, do you have to do updates? Because that's when you did, you did. It was just interesting. That was a huge thing here in the UK when, when they released the statement about what they were going to do.
0: It was a big thing here too. No. Yeah. I mean, I think I could imagine us having to do updates, but you know, a lot of them, it's like, this is the thing. I mean, they're not, most of them are not so new or like unfolding, you know? So
2: um, you know what I mean? Kevin,
1: did you have Cabbage Patch Kids in the UK in the 80s? I,
2: I remember the cards
1: they oh, did was, uh, <laughs> did they i <laughs>
2: yeah. remember the cards more than i remember the yeah. figurines but those were the
1: garbage pail kids No. they
0: were they were the garbage pail kids no the garbage patch kids were in the uk but they were not quite as big a deal <laughs>
1: no. um
0: but like there's all these stories about like people who were like upset like flying to the uk to buy them for their kids because they couldn't get them in america <laughs> but yeah like that yeah I mean, I feel like the cabbage, like, we probably have hit the limit of, like, 80s nostalgia items we can do for, like, a while. (laughs) You know, like, people ask us to do Beanie Baby ones a lot. And that like seems, I, I could see us doing Beanie Babies, but it's too, it seems like you can see it too much. Like what I want is for you to be like, that totally makes sense as an episode, but I wouldn't have predicted it. It's not something you've done before. And that's what's also hard about when people pitch is like an episode goes up and people pitch things that are like it. So like Cabbage Patch Kids goes up and people are like Beanie Babies or a bunch of like 80s toy fads. And like, and some of those are good, but we just did it, you know? So one of the episodes we haven't done because I couldn't figure out how to do it. And it sort of speaks to like the question you were asking differing viewpoints is about astrology which Mm -hmm. i don't personally have much truck with and i i'm not you know into it um and and so i did a bunch of interviews about that and i think there was a way to do the piece it was it would have been these two parallel stories someone who became disillusioned and someone who got into it in a way that was sort of interesting but like right it was just like can i do this and not just be like and not be scoldy not tip my hand i think it's bullshit like should Mm -hmm. i be doing it you know it's just like it's not like people don't know like people have made up their mind about whether or not they think it's bullshit it's also sort of not it's sort of like what's interesting to me about is like why and that maybe also isn't that interesting there's lots of explanations for why that are sort of all like fuzzy but feel right you know about uncertainty and stuff
2: sometimes it'd be hard to actually hide your own perspective
0: well we're doing this one about hydration where i haven't hit my own perspective and it comes close to like a lot of the stuff, the stuff that's like sort of new agey spirituality adjacent things where people really are really into it and know that there's a lot of criticism of it. It's like, it's, just, it's a hard, it's hard to get it. It's hard to find, figure out what the tone is or like, what's the, you know, or you're just like preaching to the choir. Like, what are you trying to do? What, what can you bring? And so the astrology one is, I'm not saying we'll never do it, but it was a little bit of a pickle. I think probably if we had gotten into the right time, we could have like gotten into it like through, through like why Mercury and retrograde had become like such a thing. Like specifically that, but I think that that's almost like with that moment has passed. So, yeah, um, yeah, like that one was just like that, that one was hard because it's like, I do have strong feelings about that, or not, sure I have feelings about that, but it's just like, I don't know if that makes like a good episode. You know, I just
1: don't know who wants to listen to that.
0: Either you agree with me and you maybe you want to listen to me because you agree with me, or you don't, and you definitely don't um, want to listen to me. So, <laughs>
1: I would like your strong opinion on this final round of rapid-fire questions, oh, which let's see if I can do it. Let's um, see if I can ring it. W- they're taken from your episodes and not difficult, but <laughs> I'm going to ask you too, Kev. So get ready. Red or blue M Ms, Willa? Blue. Kevin. Red. Willa, Bart, or Lisa? Lisa. Lisa. Ronald McDonald or Bozo? Who's Bozo? Bozo the clown
0: bozo the cloud is like i've talked about him he was like the one on the tv before i feel like i barely know bozo because it's like so ronald mcdonald
2: okay bozo
1: fine art or ikea art fine art let's be a snob about it
2: <laughs> ikea or not let's just lower the tone a bit
1: <laughs> uh so laugh track on friends or no laugh track
0: Ooh, that's hard that's hard I think they both have their place. That's not a strong opinion.
2: <laughs> I, think, I think it needs a life track.
1: <laughs> Super eight or Hilton?
0: Oh, neither. <laughs>
1: Kevin, are you passing on this one?
2: <laughs> Given I write about these people for my day job. Um, uh, Hilton. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, okay, we're moving on to haircuts. Business or party?
0: Oh, party! <laughs> party
2: in the back, yeah, party. party. I, I, I tell you, Willa, that what that line at the beginning of that episode about mullets when it says you know the mullet the one that's business at the front and party at the back every time i hear that i'll recite that line in my head i giggle so thank you very much For nothing, you know
0: mullet, that's like what we call it here that's not like no
2: i didn't which is probably why i'm still laughing now whenever i hear it <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah that's yeah that's like the mo- i mean actually i really tried to find the person who created that phrase because that is <laughs> That's the most famous, you know, business in the front part of the act. We had a lead, but it's like definitely from some message board in the 90s. Uh, I really, we, we we tried a little bit. Like it didn't, it seemed like it was going to be, we didn't need it enough and it was going to be a bunch of work, but I really wanted to find that person because I thought that was, I mean, that person. Well, was really it's, it was
2: new to me. So <laughs> thank you anyway.
1: All right. Yeah. Let, last one, Obama or the boss. Oh.
2: <laughs>
0: Is that, did you take this from my writing? That's not from that's not from an episode. Um, you know, they're both good at different things. I just don't want to listen to Renegade. <laughs> But I, ha- pro- but I would be. Obama's probably take- a
2: better president than the boss would be. The yeah, boss no, I would take them for what they are. I would them.
0: take Obama, and then I'd, I've actually like dancing in the dark. The British Springsteen song has been like my seed song for the last like six months. Like when I'm cooking, I put it okay. in Spotify, and then that's like the song. So I'm I'm feeling very fond of the boss right now. But yeah, um, no, Obama maybe.
2: Okay.
0: <laughs> that was a lot of like not strong opinions. Those things are all like they're like that's both two good things. Two good things.
1: All right. Well, thank you very much, Willa, for joining us on Metapod. It was a pleasure and a lot of fun.
0: Thank you for having me. I'm sorry if I interrupted you all many times while you were asking questions. I felt like I started talking.
1: No problem. We do that to
2: each other all the time. Kevin does it all the
1: time. Thank you to Willa Paskin of Decoder Ring, which returns to the airwaves in June with a bunch of new cultural phenomena to unravel.
2: Yeah, we'll put some links to our favorite episodes of Decoder Ring in the show notes that accompanies this episode on Metapodshow.com. Now, down to business
1: matters, Kev. Next week is our 20th episode. And my goodness, I can't believe we've made it.
2: Indeed. Uh, And we've got a terrific podcast and an utterly delightful host to share with you. It'll be none other than Dallas Taylor of 20,000 Hertz. Now, Wendy, tell our listeners what 20,000 Hertz is and what they can expect from our episode.
1: Yeah. So to borrow the tagline of 20,000 Hertz, it's the stories behind the world's most recognisable and interesting sounds. Dallas is super smart, a wonderful host, and clearly knows heaps about the world of sound design.
2: Seriously, I absolutely love this podcast. So perhaps one of my favorites, actually, Wendy, of the uh, cultural factual genre that we've featured so far. If you want to learn about the origins of the Netflix chimes, for example, the science behind the noises the dinosaurs make in the movies, the history of the Watergate tapes, or the influences of the 808 drum machine, to just name a few, then this really is the podcast for you.
1: We're very excited about this episode, and not just because we've made it to 20 episodes. Coming up in our 20s, we also have a trio of brilliant shows to bring you. My Fugitive, Stay Away From Matthew McGill and the fascinating and sometimes unsettling apology line. Those are all coming soon.
2: So there you go. Worth pointing out also, from June till August, we're going to go fortnightly on Metapod as the summer kicks in and we and our guests try to recharge a bit from, well, you know, pretty much everything over the last year or so.
1: Yes, but the show goes on, so meet us back here next time. And uh, I guess we're done for this episode, Mr. May.
2: Farewell from us. Thanks again to this week's guest, Willa Paskin. And we'll see you next time.
1: That's it for Metapod this time. Thanks for listening. Metapod will be back soon with another unpacking of the web's most interesting podcasts. But in the meantime, make sure to subscribe at any of the usual places you find your other favourite podcasts. We'd hate for you to miss upcoming episodes, and we'd love it if you left us a review. You can let us know what you think of this episode by going to metapodshow.com. We'll see you next time. Metapod is produced by Wendy Morrill and Kevin May.